Chapter Six of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Six: The Right to Live Their Lives. I need scarcely say, the Colonel spoke very quietly, that this kind of thing has come upon me as a kind of shock i have been away for several years and have been ignorant of what has been going on more than once i doubted if ever i should come home but let that pass i have come home and find things different from what i expected i looked forward to finding my girls loving devoted children who would delight in taking me into their confidence i thought we should be great friends and a happy family instead i find a mutinous spirit i find that things have been going on which i utterly disapprove of at first i thought it was a kind of youthful revolt which could easily be quieted i never dreamed that children of mine would studiously and deliberately act in a way which meant setting at naught the desires and wishes of their parents but there it is i find the loving friendships i had looked forward to made impossible not if you mean to be reasonable please remember that we are no longer babies in arms without wills of our own neither are we anything like jane austen's heroines peggy spoke defiantly like one who was ready for battle she was not only passionate and self-willed by nature but like most children of her age she resented being regarded as a child by some strange freak of nature girls of nineteen want to add to their age when they reach thirty it is all the other way she and eleanor had talked many times about what they meant to do if their father tried to curtail their liberty and now they as well as he felt that the hour had come when they must assert their rights of course i have not called you in here without reason went on the colonel no one can tell the pain it gives me to do so but as i said last night we must come to an understanding frankly i cannot and will not have a repetition of last night's experience you mean that you want to shut us up like nuns in a nunnery no i don't mean anything of the sort i remember that you are young and that it is your right to enjoy yourself i came home with the determination to give you all the enjoyment it was in my power to give i wanted you to meet with young people of your own age of course i expected you to be good god-fearing christian girls and i hoped you would feel you had your duties in life but i wanted you to take part in all good healthy pleasures eleanor was silent but peggy forced a laugh really father you remind one of rip van winkle she said the colonel felt his anger rising but he suppressed it possibly that may be the case he replied still i am trying to look at the situation fairly i came home 
after several years absence and find my two daughters defying their mother's authority i find them refusing to tell her where they are going why should we tell her snapped peggy i find too as was exemplified last night that they go to indiscriminate dances without a chaperone and return between two and three in the morning accompanied by men of whom i know nothing well we are no longer children asserted peggy i will say nothing of the good taste of this went on the colonel to put it on no higher platform neither will i for the moment discuss the effect it is likely to have on your future but one would have thought that you would have had some thought for the feelings of your father and mother i hoped that you would remember that your mother has suffered much and sacrificed much for your sakes and that you would have respected her wishes the argument doesn't seem to carry conviction interposed eleanor it isn't a matter of argument replied the colonel it is a matter of decent feeling i am afraid i don't see it we weren't consulted whether we would be born or not it wasn't for our pleasure that we were brought into the world then as i understand it you utterly refuse to recognize your mother's authority or mine really father i don't want to shock your feelings but honestly i do not see why it is my duty to obey my parents i do not see by what right they expect obedience from me i did not ask to be born i am here in the world without my own consent and seeing i am here i do not see why i should not live my own life in my own way then i'll put it this way replied the colonel do you think your parents have any duty towards you yes i think they have seeing they have brought me into the world it is their duty to do their best for me but for the life of me i can't see what duty i owe to them just so replied the colonel and it is because i feel i have a duty towards you that i am not going to allow you to go on in the way you have been going i suppose that means that you are going to restrict our liberty if you mean to put it that way yes you mean to dictate to us to tell us what time we may go out and what time we may come in don't try to misinterpret my words in all the established natural healthy things of life i should not think within ordinary limitations of interfering with you but i have my duties as a parent whether or not you have yours as children one of those duties is to see that my children do not ruin their lives for that reason i will not have them making undesirable acquaintances or going to amusements of which i don't approve and please children remember that i am not thinking only of myself in this i am thinking of you please remember too that i love you wouldn't it be well to drop the sentimental side of the question 
replied eleanor coolly we have to take things as they are now father listen to reason you have been away a good many years during which time the thoughts of the world have changed and we have ceased to be children we have learnt to think for ourselves to live our own lives and choose our own companions you come back to us a stranger and you expect us to get sentimental about you and to allow you to dictate our way of life is that the position and if it is well then i tell you plainly i don't propose to submit may i ask what you propose to do i propose to go my own way to live my own life so do i interposed peggy defiantly the colonel was silent for a few seconds the case was more difficult than he imagined he found it easy to command a number of soldiers who were amenable to discipline but he was for a moment at a loss how to treat his own children oh my dear children pleaded mrs trelawney don't you see how foolish you are don't you realize that your father is older and wiser than you it comes to this said the colonel i find open rebellion in my house i find that you my children declare war against me i am more grieved than i can say but i am not a martinet i want to do what is right but i must have obedience what is that but being a martinet you want to treat us as though we had no life or convictions of our own no replied the colonel i don't but i must be master in my own house and i will not have my children going to places of which i don't approve i will not have my daughters going out to parties without a proper chaperone i will not have them coming home at any time they choose and i will not have them picking up with common fellows as though they had no self-respect i suppose mother's been telling you lies about jim cried peggy passionately that's mean and underhanded jim's as good as we are i've said no word about any one interposed the colonel but i can see what you mean and i'm not going to be dictated to and if i like to go out with jim i shall the colonel still kept his temper do i understand that you are engaged to jim whoever he may be asked the colonel and there was a touch of sarcasm in his voice and if i am what then well for one thing you are not of age and therefore i shall have something to do with it and for another it is my duty to my child to see that any man she may care for is worthy of her and now i think enough has been said for the present of course you've done what we expected replied eleanor you've taken your own line of action and you leave us no alternative but to take ours very well if you will have it so it must be so i have tried to keep from saying anything harsh and i'm deeply grieved that you've met me in this spirit although she did not realize it 
mrs trelawney had made her husband's work difficult almost on every occasion when the girls had been headstrong and rebellious she had threatened them with what their father would do when he came home she had painted him as a relentless disciplinarian one who would put down disobedience with a strong hand their antagonism had been aroused before the colonel arrived and eleanor and peggy had often discussed the question as to what they would do if their father sought to interfere with them in spite of themselves however the colonel's homecoming had influenced them instead of being a kind of ogre they found him kind and loving it was true he was old-fashioned in his views but he was anything but the overbearing military autocrat which they had conjured up there was a quiet strength too in his every word and movement which they could not understand but which they could not help feeling still and this was especially true of eleanor they determined not to yield an inch from the position they had taken up may i ask eleanor spoke frigidly whether i have to obtain your consent before going out for a walk this afternoon i think i should like a little exercise yes and i should like to know whether you object to our bringing in our friends peggy burst out before the colonel had a chance of replying to eleanor certainly you may bring in your friends replied the colonel i always brought home my friends as a boy and my father always encouraged me to do so does that mean that i can bring jim home the colonel hesitated a few seconds yes he replied i shall be glad if you will i think it will be well for me to see him john gave his father a quick glance i say dad he cried protestingly yes my boy what is it you told me i might have george davenport into supper to-night certainly i did what then only that that john stammered painfully yes what is it persisted the colonel nothing replied john perhaps i'll get george to come another time but why another time to-night is quite convenient and i want you to have your friend in i want to meet him you are pals at rugby and i want you to keep up your school friendships all right sir replied john but it was easy to see that he was angry of course i am assuming that none of my children will have friends who are undesirable went on the colonel quietly as a youngster i would never think of bringing home a fellow that i thought my father would not approve of now then be off as soon as you like it's a splendid afternoon and the air on the heath is glorious to-day the battle had ended in a kind of compromise indeed it was not a battle at all rather it was only a kind of preliminary skirmish which had settled nothing peggy however felt differently 
the fact that her father had consented to her bringing barnes to the house gave her a sense of victory mrs trelawney had told her again and again that the colonel would never dream of allowing such a thing and now after what she called her first pitched battle her father had capitulated without conditions made her feel confident of the future it's all right eleanor she cried we've won all along the line don't be silly kid i'm not silly why he gave way in everything he gave way in nothing nothing why the fact that i'm bringing jim home is proof that he has nothing of the sort he's allowing you to bring him here that he may see what kind of fellow he is my dear girl don't you see it's the thin end of the wedge he's afraid we shall do something desperate if we don't have our way all we've got to do is to be firm i mean to be anyhow was eleanor's reply on the whole i'm glad we've had this breeze it's cleared the air and it's given us some idea as to where we are at any rate we've let him see that we mean to stick to our guns that's the glory of it i promised to meet jim at four o'clock what are you going to do i say peg you are silly about that fellow you'll be tired of him in a few weeks i shan't be anything of the sort i know he's not your kind but i mean to marry him marry him you are a silly idiot well i do and my lordly father will soon have to know it but my dear girl he can't keep you yes he can he's making a good deal of money now and he'll be making a good deal more soon but but my dear girl he's not father's sort you know he's fifty times finer looking than any of your men friends as for our pattern boy he just looks shabby and commonplace beside him the truth was peggy since her father's return and fearing what he might say and do had become more and more enamoured with barnes she dreaded the thought of losing him and wondered if the colonel would take some steps to separate them at the dance on the previous evening when barnes was somewhat heated with his libations he had told peggy that he was not going to stand any nonsense and had hinted to her that plenty of girls with lots of money could be his for the asking poor child utterly inexperienced and lacking in judgment as she was she looked on him as a kind of apollo she did not see how common he was or realize in spite of what her brother had told her that he would be regarded as a rank outsider perhaps if she had it would have made no difference barnes's love-making had carried her off her feet and owing to the fact that she had been working among curious people at the munition factory her sense of values had been utterly distorted where are you going asked peggy as she saw her sister preparing to go out i'm going to the amazon club for tea replied eleanor and since our long-lost and autocratic papa has given his lordly consent for us to bring our friends home i shall ask tamsin cory back to supper 
the girls left the house soon after and the colonel was left alone with his wife i'm so glad you didn't come to any open rupture remarked mrs trelawney with a sigh i'm afraid that'll not be the end of it though replied the colonel really i did not think things had gone so far End of chapter 6